culture of this footy club? It sounds like a blank canvas now to be able to build a really strong culture, and there's been a, a lot of reference to that word. All right, Preston fans, this is the only place you're going to see this. Sit back and enjoy the Bombers. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 126. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who've known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant, and on this Anzac Day, with me is Scotty. Although, it's not Anzac Day, it's the next day. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, look, it's, this is obviously... Uh, uh, a very exciting show. We've been. I'm still pumped. Like I'm actually haven't calmed down yet. Monday just flew. That that's that's how you spend a Monday. That's what I'm talking about. No, exactly. It's there's something about Anzac Day. The whole day, the the reverence to the Anzacs, the service, and then you know it's a it's a day that we're not overly successful on. Um, but to come away with a young side play four quarters of high-pressure, intense footy, all supporting each other, all spreading from the contest, all lowering our eyes. All the things we said we wanted to see. Exactly. So it's uh, – and you know what? I thought, how am I going to start this show? Because uh, I thought I'm going to – you know, there's obvious plays to mention. We're going to get through them. Uh, look, I think first and foremost, I really want to acknowledge Truck. Uh, the actual coach, because what I saw and Essendon right now is leading the AFL in tackles. Truck has said preseason, we are going to be a blue collar team. We're going to represent the history of this football club. When we come out and play, we're going to play hard and we're going to develop a better system as the year goes on. And to be blunt, tick, tick and tick. Lo and behold, that is exactly what's happened. And, you're right, Scotty. Um, he's he has surrounded. He's a first first year senior coach, but he has surrounded himself with talent. And it is it, it, what we were crying for last year that Wusher threw. I'm not sure why he just couldn't give us. He couldn't give the team, or he couldn't give the supporters, or whatever it was. Was a consistency in game plan. What yeah. kind of club are we? Right, and now. I can tell you what kind of club are we. I I yelled down this microphone a dozen times last year um, or the year before. What are we? 
Are we a fast-moving handball team? Are we a slow team? Are we a bomb-it-into-the-forward-line team? Are we a drop-it-on-wallers-head-every-five-minutes team? Surely not. We are what Ben said we're going to be. That is a blue-collar, tackling, efforts football club who's doing fundamentals well, lowering eyes, spreading from packs, keeping possessions, trying to be more efficient by foot and by hand. And then the, the entries into forward 50 can still use some help. But I mean, every club could say that, but we are now putting out on the park each week, a consistent footy club. And it's because of Ben Rutten and his team. So I'm a hundred percent with you, mate. Ben, if you're listening, mate, bravo, sir. Bravo for what? Six rounds. Um, yeah, it sounds it sounds funny, doesn't bad. it? Because we are two and four. But the reality is, Truck had nothing to do with the Hawthorne collapse. That's just, nope. That was our players in the second half just dropping concentration, dropping the intensity. Fine, young group. It was still unacceptable, actually, but fine. Okay, that's out of the way. We lost by one point. We should never have lost that with 39 points up. That's I don't put that on Truck. Uh, and look, the, the Swans match, I thought Truck coached amazingly well. Tactically went after Sydney's strengths. And for the most part, they were leading that game. I mean, they had a chance to go four or five goals up at one stage. Uh, look, again, just with the young side, just didn't get it through. Lost by, you know, two or three points. I forget what the margin was. But easily could be three, you know, three three or four wins right now. So that's why I'm giving Truck credit because uh, I know it sounds funny and it should be – I know it's a win-loss competition, but I do believe, you know, we're on a two-, three-year journey here. What I'm seeing, though, is uh, a system starting to work and starting to – it's not going to be perfect and we're going to, going to make mistakes, but it's a system I'm, I'm okay with making mistakes on because they are a young group. But – what they're doing is connecting. They have a really good spirit amongst the group. He's got the guys really close together. And that's, you know, he's got the, what's more importantly, he's got the 25 to 28 year olds close to the young group. So they're, they're all seem to be connecting really well. And, and that speaks of a really good football club. And, and it's just, it's bloody refreshing to be, <laughs> to be oh, honest. And, and you, you sprinkle that with a bit of fresh blood and you sprinkle that with a bit of talented fresh blood um, in the side, in in um, in your mate and mine, um, the the tall the tall cocks, um, and Archie Perkins and Reedy came in, and uh, the like to meet Pete, who had the best game of his um, career probably, um, even Hindy, yeah, and Hindy coming back in, so you sprinkle a bit of talent in with that team, and you you just find an utter revelation in Jaden Laverde, which that kid deserved the revelation as to where that kid is going to be effective on a football field. Um, mm. And surprise, surprise, the club looks like it's headed in a positive direction because you're right, Scotty, we're sitting here now singing the praises of a coach who's two and four right now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not good. Right. But, but you just, at two I and think, four. Yeah. You can see it. You, you can, can see the improvement. You can you can see uh, a future movement, uh, and that's what you wanted to see. I mean, not, it's not even to mention that Sam Draper is down, and you know another young player. You know, and we see Nick Bryan behind him. Jai Cobalt's just turning twenty, like, yeah. and he's a very very talented footballer. We have a lot of really good youth. I mean, Harry Jones. 
I, I know, you know, I stood up in the last quarter. I go, I know I haven't got into this game. But when the game needed to be won, Harry Jones took two or three big marks. Uh, yep. And so that's all you look for. You look like, who, you know, who's going to stand up? Peter Wright, second half, we'll talk about that. But just, yep. just as a club as a whole, I felt like, okay, I've got the genuine feeling we're in a really good place and, and we're heading in a good direction. Um, and, you know, there's no reason that we can't beat Carlton at all this week. I, I think I'm... I'm quietly confident. Uh, if we put oh. up put up the same standard of footy and the same pressure, we're going to trouble them. I 100% agree. And again, if someone like uh, Darcy Parrish decides to go utterly and completely bonkers, um, like he did on Anzac Day, um, and get every possession in the world, <laughs> um, then we'll absolutely win it. But you're you're right, Scotty. It's I'm I'm still. If you said who's going to come out against Carlton, I'm going to say from what I can see so far. And I need a couple more games. I need a couple more games in me. And again, we might talk a bit later about the Essendon's next sort of four games and what this is going to mean to our season. But if I see a really good performance again from Carlton and we win it, and then we go to GWS um, and we win that. Speaking of GWS, if you'd like to come and watch, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> if you'd like, if you'd like to come and watch that game, we beat Carlton. Trust me, I. I you know I know I I try and sort of encourage the people at tickets to our live GWS game, but if we meet Carlton, what? I expect that, fans I expect fans to come to our event because that is going to be the most hype event of all time. Because mate, I'm going to be I'm going to be bouncing <laughs> off walls at that event, mate. Because I'm going to be uh, Saturday, May the eighth. By the way, it is. Um, welcome to the Thornbury Hotel. Thirty bucks a ticket gets you a burger and a drink when you walk in the door. And yeah, um, alive. Just- Justin Fletcher's was sledging a few few opposition fans on Twitter, and I'm loving yep. it. And he's coming to the he's coming to our GWS event, and yep. we're gonna have Fletch there live podcast. It is gonna be hype. Watch uh, the game afterwards. Burger, drink, um, come and uh, talk to me and Scotty. Dustin Fletcher will sign anything you like, and it'll be a great event. So if we can beat Carlton, mate, and then if look look out the lid, if we beat GWS at a live event in a pub. <laughs> where Grantos will have had a couple, the <laughs> lid may come well and truly off. So, yeah, look, I need one more, one more game, one more good solid performance that leads to a win against Carlton. And I will say that I know what this club is now. <laughs> and the, the problem with that for the Essendon Footy Club is from a supporter's point of view, well, this supporter anyway, from a supporter's point of view, I now expect that moving forward. <laughs> They've well, sort of made a rod for their own back. I mean, I mean, it's just the most juiciest of all thoughts to go. Essendon could be the club that really finishes Collingwood and Carlton's season as any. Oh, oh how oh, nice oh. would that be? <laughs> I mean, that would be just fantastic. Look, I, I know we've got a big show and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I do want to mention that we've got Caleb Logan, uh, Caleb Logan on. Um, by the way, he's a from the. He's going to be later on in the show. He's going to ring up his yeah. guest. Uh, he's a Victorian wheelchair football league. Uh, he plays for Essendon. Uh, look, as you can probably tell, we've been doing the um, uh, the VFLW girls, the VFL show. We want to do everything that embraces Essendon on the show. When we uh, and we know Essendon has the Victorian uh, Victorian wheelchair uh, league side, uh, and we felt like no, let's get one of them on. Uh, Caleb is actually one of their superstars. Where's number five? Uh, and said so himself, which we love. <laughs> uh, we did do the interview. Um, uh, 
uh, recently, uh, so it is a, a delayed. Um, but we caught up with him uh, not long ago. Uh, yep. Recorded the interview. Uh, ma- they're major goal kicker, so it, it's a really fun interview. Uh, hopefully, hopefully get a lot out of it. That's coming in later on the show. Uh, at the moment, look, Anzac Day, just a fantastic day all around. Um, just the spirit of the group. I, I, what I loved was just the four quarters. Just, uh, just how we. Every every time Collingwood put two or three goals, we answered it straight away, and yep. we said, "Nah, you're not getting." Mind you, they answered it straight back. Yeah, but but uh, for a young group, uh, I, I just really liked the fact that I, I felt like, to me anyway, I felt like we won the game by seven goals on the ground, not on the scoreboard, obviously, but on the ground, I felt like we we're quite dominant. I thought Collingwood, we were, much, we were a much better side. I mean, Collingwood took nearly every chance they had; they just kicked. Straight, nearly every time they had a fifteen meter <laughs> yeah. shot on goal. So, um, and credit to them, that's that's good footy. But um, I just felt around the ground we were in total control, and to just nicely run away with it in the last one speaks of our fitness, which is you know, is is a good sign. Um, Absolutely. So we we were the one that were running over the ground a lot more than Collingwood, the young guys standing up. Yeah, Darcy. Forty-two possessions later, well, let's we're t- still racking them up in the in the last quarter. Look, we'll talk about one play, then we'll go to a great. Because we'll, we ne- almost a segment in itself has to be in the first segment. Darcy Parish. I agree. Forty-two possessions, two goals, nine or ten clearances. You know, he he, he did everything. It, it was just yeah, the most it, insane performance. That was as close to a completely perfect game of football than I've ever seen. Oh, like he yeah. he was from the moment that ball got bounced, he hunted that football, and I tell you what, Collingwood should have bloody realised, and it must be this modern day football because they've nobody getting tagged because you didn't tag Darcy Parish in that game at your peril because he is a proper fully grown man now. Darcy Parish, he was he always looks a bit young, he always looked a, a baby face, but he was. He attacked that football from the moment he got on there. He, he 680 metres or 30 metres or something like that gained um, as part of the, uh, on the day. That was, if there was ever an, ounce, an announcement that Darcy Parrish is got to be considered in Essendon's one, two or three best midfielders, then I don't know what is. Do I'm know- incredibly pleased for the kid. Do you know what's the most insane stat? And I haven't even told you this because you're going to hear this the first time. What the most insane stat about Darcy Parrish is only three other players played less game time. He only played 75% of Uh, the game. And that's that's nuts. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, when you talk to the side bottles in February, you see them. They've played 88% of the game or 89% of the game. You know, some of our midfielders played the same he was on the bench quite a lot. Yeah. And he's had 42 possessions and he's had the probably, most possessions ever in an Anzac Day game. Probably because he was absolutely buggered. The boy sprinted everything he did. Everything he did, he hit the ball at pace. He was kicking goals from 41 metres out across his body with fuggo barrels that went through the goals. Mate, if there is ever a day... That was Darcy's day. That's it. Like he could have kicked the ball <laughs> into the crowd, and the wind would have blown it back in through the goals. <laughs> it was insane. Like, uh, and we'll talk about Waller after the game. But there was just him and him and Waller just had the magic touch all oh. day. Just no matter what they did, it was it was gold at the end of it. 
And um, Waller just had, they just gave him a fraction. They gave him that fraction of a second that he needs. The guy is, he has a warehouse of candy available and he, he just, just a little bit of candy here, a little bit of candy for you. Oh, you want some candy? I've got your candy as well. Oh, there's another piece of candy. Look out. Waller's, and then screws it across his body. Goal. Waller's great stat is every second possession was a goal. <laughs> <laughs> 10 possessions, five goals. 10 possessions, five goals. That, again, that's going to get your day done properly. Five <laughs> goals, 10 possessions. Thanks, gentlemen. I'm out. Yeah, so look, look. let's take a break and we'll get into more detail after it. We'll go through the side. Uh, there's lots of plays uh, to mention this. And I might not overly concentrate on stats, but I just want to talk about plays and, and what I'm seeing and, and just uh, look, it's, it is all positive because it was, it was as close as team effort that I've seen this year. Uh, uh, I don't know that there's anybody that lowered yeah. their colours. And, and you, you know, I'm even going to talk about Hooker and Jones and because they might be the obvious two, but they still played a role and it's important to acknowledge the little roles that they do play. But Agreed. let's go to a break. Yep. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, so if we have a look at the uh, the list <laughs> on, on the AFL app, um, if you have a list, at, a list, a, a, wow, wow. <laughs> a if you have a look at the list of players. There you go. There we go. Um, sitting proudly on top with a mammoth 42 possessions, 24 kicks, 18 handballs, six marks, if you don't mind, three tackles, 71% efficiency, D Parish three votes. Three votes. And look, it's funny because uh, when I did my three, two, and one right, I had I had Parish as, as clearly the best on ground. I did yeah. ha- I did have Waller because as a small forward, you kick five goals. You just got to acknowledge it. That's I don't care. Anybody kicks five goals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I had Jaden Laverde, and that's yep. uh, and that's who uh, I know it's not going to be on the top of the stats count, but it doesn't matter. He was by far uh, I thought our best defender. Easily. Uh, he still actually had 21 disposals and something like I think he had And th- a goal. Yeah, I think he had like 13 marks. Yeah, 13 marks. Um, that's, a, that's big time. So he, he's played on my check. He's completely shut out my check. My check's kicked one goal. But Jaden Laverde's played so well, he's kicked a goal himself just to nullify that goal. <laughs> just so, just uh, to nullify that goal. <laughs> well, a, a defender's goal on you is worth two. So, so he's, yeah. he's in front in the goal count, mate. My check would be spewing. My check is still in the bath that Jaden Laverde <laughs> gave him, right? He's still shampooing his hair. Jaden Laverde absolutely owned my check. And then even better than that, just because he was having a, a super Laverde day, they said, oh, mate, can you jump on the giant monolith Cameron kid that they got from Sydney or whatever? You just jump on him for a minute. So he swapped onto him for a minute. Um, and then when uh, Moore decided, well, I better go down there and uh, go back and forwards and back. Whenever he was in the forward line, Laverde was on him as well. So, so the guy played a mountain of a game. And I completely understand. I mean, Zach Merritt, the poor bugger, 
He's got just a lazy 34 touches. Um, <laughs> and he's not and in the votes. Mentioning him, he's mentioning him his name at all. <laughs> no, well. I agree. It, I agree. It's it's Parrish, Waller, and um, and Laverde every day of the week. Yeah. I mean, the one thing with Laverde is um, I'm just so wrapped for him. Like, the, this guy's just had a nightmare playing, you know, playing profile, basically. He's had yep. injury after injury, no continuity. Um, uh, just to have five or six games in a row is just good for Jaden. But- Where do we play him? He's been in the middle. He's been on a wing. He's been in the forward line. They tried him in the middle again. They Last year he was taking marks up forward, which he's entirely capable of doing. But I'm not sure that you would bet your entire Bitcoin fortune on him from 40 metres out on a 45 angle. So, But that's neither here nor there. But in defense, mate, he's a tall, athletic kid who has picked up the positioning and the ability to put himself where the ball's going to be incredibly well. Yeah. And to take 13-odd marks, a lot of them were contested too. A lot of them were one-on-one with his opposition player, i.e. Um, the Majacek, who's having nightmares as we speak. Um, and he was outmarking the kid. So Jaden Laverde, what an absolute gun game. Just happened to be overshadowed by 34 from Zach and 42 from Parrish and a lazy, just a lazy fire from Waller. Yeah. Well, I mean, credit to Jaden. I mean, he's had 90, 90, 90% efficiency as well. So he's had a, a 21. Awesome. Yeah. So he's just had the, a perfect defensive game. Uh, and you called it, man. You called it. His field kicking is better than his set shot kicking. Yeah, I know. I, I, I remember. I, I remember saying to you like everything like last year, going if he played up the ground, you'll see a better field kick. Yeah, uh, because that's because he's not thinking about he's it. He's not thinking much. about it. He's turning and kicking. Yeah. When he kicks on instinct, he's actually not too bad. So, look, uh, there's so many players I want to call out. We, I do want to call out. Ready? Let's say it in one, two, three. Dyson Heppel. No? No, no, no. Well, You're you... supposed to say it at the same time as me just then. <laughs> I know, but I was going to say Peter Wright. No, well, let's go down the list. Let's go down the list on the AFL. Dyson Heppel. Again, lazy 29 possessions across yeah, halfback. Yeah. Well, what he did do was get in the right positions every time. Like, he, yeah. he, he's still got slightly improvement in his ball use. I'll just be very open and honest. But uh, what he did do, he he obviously tried to help out the Ridley role, which because of Ridley was missing – and I thought his positioning was elite. Like he got in the right positions to support his teammates every time. Uh, and I, I do believe his kicking is going to get better. He's still, still a touch rusty. What um, is it? Because a bit rusty. What's his, like his third game? I think he's like fourth game. Maybe. Fourth game. Yeah, so yeah. like in two years, he's just so. getting back into it, man. So, yeah. So um, he, he'll get better, but he he's, you know, 29 possessions in defensively was very, very sound. So I'm, I have very little complaints. Not Nick Hind, 23. Well, Nick Hind had, I mean, in some ways that was, that it was probably the game that I thought was his least successful. I thought he struggled yeah. in parts. Only had five possessions in the first half. But like some, like some other guys, when we talk about, he, right. really, he, came, he really came on in the second half. He has had 17, 18 possessions in the second half. Tried to Which get is his, really good. Tried to get his run going. And that's what yeah. I'm liking about the group. They're, they're not, they're not having a down quarter and going, oh well, that's it for the game. I'm obviously not going to have. I'm going to have one of those games. There, there's just so many moments where they're, they're fighting it out and trying to have some impact, even if they're down on form. 
And Hindy was like a perfect example of that. Still, you know, can he play better? Sure. But was the effort there? Oh, yeah, it was. Absolutely. And I reckon Truck, I don't know that he... I don't know that he would have placed Rockets. Maybe he did at halftime, but there was a few players, Hindy and Peter Wright, who came out in the second quarter and maybe even Harry Jones towards the end um, came out in the second quarter, like completely different players. Now like they, they yeah. were pumped up energy. Peter Wright took every mark in the world. Nick Hind got 17 um, odd possessions in the second half. So big, big game from him. Our next player, man, I'm so high on at the moment. Who is it? Bradenham. Bradenham, man, he does zero wrong, man. He is really surprising me. Like he is like, he is really stepped up. Uh, and he was very highly thought of as a rookie, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, I remember talking to uh, one of the assistants, just, you know, I think it was that training and just talking about what do you like about him? And, and he's like, he said, oh, I think in the end, he's going to have really good schools, skills and composure and, and use the ball well. And, and I must admit, I you know, there's elements of that. But, you know, when I look at this game, I thought his decision-making was one of the best on the ground. Like, he had moments when he was heavy in traffic and he just saw a guy in the corner of his eye and just so speed got the ball to foot and, and just helped us retain the ball instead of just bombing it long. And didn't blaze. That's it. Yeah. Instead of just – which he – Just thought through the game. There is other there is other football clubs and a lot of maybe people and supporters who would say he would be well within his rights in some of the positions that he found himself in, where he got the ball, he was surrounded. Like he wasn't they weren't surrounding him in a circle, but he was in the middle of danger, right? Like there was players left, there was players right. He's got that thumping great big left boot of his. He could have just taken two steps and bombed it in there. But he thought about it. He stopped. Lowered the eyes, had took that second, and it literally was just a second, just to have a squeeze and hit a target. And even better than that, there were targets available. Yeah. So there were people that were making themselves known and putting themselves in positions so that they could get hit by Hammy. And that's a you know that's a ripping point, Grant, because one thing I did notice how well we spread and, and you know, yeah, you, you know, it. you know, a team and something that I've, I've been so frustrated about, about supporting other teammates, about spreading and giving guys options left, right and, and down the middle um, just to create, you know, just always kind of be on the move. Like uh, it always keep moving, keep presenting. Uh, and, and that's what was happening. We were having these little 20, 30 meter chip kicks constantly when we're in traffic, heavy traffic, uh, because guys were constantly on the move and, and creating space. Uh, and it's something we're doing really well with our ball movement and, and, and with handballing as well. It's just something where Truck and Carousel have, have obviously, you know, I've watched the training, so I've seen that being the focus. But to see it now um, have the players buy into what they're saying and seeing it ap- uh, the, uh, applied in the game, oh, man, it's fantastic to see. And the the change from last year and the year before is immense because it, it must. And I understand the principles. I remember Sammy Newman saying it one day that from a forwards point of view, the best thing you can do is when you have position, sorry, possession of the ball and you're in a position to then get the ball deep into the forward 50, do it quickly. Don't allow somebody like Ridley who is building a career out of this um, don't let Ridley or Francis or somebody along those guys come across a pack 
and influence the the full forward uh, against the full back. Yep. Get the ball in deep so that you can try and get those one-on-one contests with the forward and the back. Um, and it must, I understand that that's like a lot of players, that's their instinct. They want to just turn it across their body, get it in there as fast as possible and hope for a good one-on-one. But it must be frustrating for an opposition, I reckon, if you can maintain that possession around the forward line. Now, okay, if that allows people to flood back in there, that's fine. Then you just you keep moving it around until you find an option. But the maintaining possession of the ball every second is in your hands. It ain't in their hands, right? So they, they can't score if they ain't got the ball. And when those little chip kicks or the little 20 meters or the, the 30 meters to a bloke running out to say 40 um, inside 50, those, those marks mm. and then those shots at goal are worth their weight in gold because they're not bombing in. And again, someone like Richmond would just be waiting on that bomb and just deposit it straight out of the 50 straight back over your head. So I, I, I like the lowering of the eyes part. And then, for the mids and the and the that drift into the forward fifty and Stringer and Waller and those guys to present and make themselves and Snelling to make themselves available is really good to see. Well, just yeah, I mean, the how how just an example of why we're so effective with much a much better system and ball movement because we've been saying it for ages. Uh, it's funny you look at the the Danaher leaving, Smack McKernan leaving, Fantasia leaving, and I know. Two of those guys were injured constantly, but the you know the the narrative was how is Essendon, and it was from us as well. How is Essendon going to score enough points? Um, well, the answer was was just just being smarter footballers, just using the ball better, <laughs> having a having a system because um, it, it's probably less slightly less talent, and I think it's going to be in the end very probably uh, much much better as experience goes on. But the 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 way we're actually we're averaging twenty three scoring attempts a game this year, um, and and you think you factor in the Brisbane game which we scored forty five and pouring down rain, um, it, you know if that game is dry we're probably averaging twenty five twenty six scoring attempts per game which gets you mostly games a win if you kick straight yeah. if you kick straight um, yeah. <laughs> which we don't always but but well it, that's that's beside it, the point, it gives yeah. you a ch- it give, but what it is saying is our ball movement our system is is creating chances no matter who our forward setup is uh, and that's and that's the pleasing part so uh, I think our next guy Andy McGrath yeah I want to I want to put McGrath and Langers in the same breath there twenty one yeah. possessions each. It's just sort of like beautifully play their roles. I, I mean, yep. took a back seat to Merritt and Parrish, and sometimes you do that as midfielders. Some, some, sometimes some midfielders going to be absolutely starring, and they're going to get all the possessions. And but said it before, say it again. Not you can't have forty-two from Darcy and what thirty-four from Merritt, and then expect to have Langford get thirty and McGrath get thirty. There's just literally not enough possessions in a game of footy, right, for that to happen. As well as the other guys, Pendlebury getting thirty and Zybotten getting thirty. So Lang- Langers and and um, and McGrath at twenty one, absolutely the the perfect amount of possessions. What did Langer? We got sixty one from McGrath, eighty one percent from Langers. Um, that's good efficiency. Twenty one, good efficiency at eighty at eighty one percent. Yeah, I thought Langford started to show signs last week, and I think he's come on even more this week. I think he's just starting to finally find the top four kind of BNF Langford that we got last year. So, which is really critical because when he's in form, 
he does do a lot of things that help our club. He, you know, I, I remember even saying to you at the game um, uh, when Lang- I think Langford marked a, like a really nice mark on the wing, and and, you know, and I noticed Cox on the other wing, and I'm going, well, this is like a really nice setup. You know, because, yeah, big time. Because your two wingmen are, are just really are good runners, good overhead, and, and hopefully good ball users. Oh, and you know, so. It's a really nice, really nice setup they got going there. So, I mean, McGrath always pressured and hounded um, the opposition. That's what he does really well. Uh, yep. So, look, they they played their role really well. Uh, so, I you know, obviously they get undersold by some really dynamic performances, but you can't under undercut how how much they're contributing as well to the side. So, yep, um, absolutely love those two. Yeah, we spoke of Jaden. So, look, Peter Wright comes next. Uh, Peter Wright pretty much first half was close to non-existent. Um, yep. Uh, made a few mistakes. Uh, at halftime, I was talking to Grant again and going, you know, he's, we need something. We just need something out of Peter Wright. We just need something yeah. out of Peter Wright this second half. Boy, I, I mean, even me. To, I, to say hands, I wasn't expecting man. 10 marks and two goals and uh, <laughs> it's like, okay. But how much more effective does that guy look when he is taking field marks, mm, yeah. when when we boot it down the wing and because we're trying to get out of um, our back line, we boot it down to Peter Wright and he takes that grab at 70 metres. Yeah. And he, he turns around and he and then he takes a grab in the middle over some little midget dude and he takes a grab in, in a pack and he gets a free kick because he's the man in front and they're chopping his dirty great big two-metre arms. So I, I, maybe he did get a bit of a rocket. I don't know. Maybe his... He, he came out like a different footballer. He really well, did. Well, what, what I did like is um, I felt like there was a maturity in his performance because he didn't drop his head. He didn't sulk. Uh, and he, he really was a major factor in us winning that game, if I'm being honest. I reckon it's probably hard to sulk when you've got your coach's size 12s <laughs> inserted in the derriere, I reckon. But it, I, it probably would have been along the lines of, Listen, you two meter tall, huge tanked, good goal kicking footballer, talented, bloody unit. You get out there and dominate like you bloody well should be. Get in, mate. Take some marks. But the one thing I wanted to point out for Peter in that second half was sure he did all of the things that two meter people should. He took grabs. He kicked one of the more beautiful goals from the boundary. Just, he's got a very good boot on him, that boy, as well. He did all of the things that you'd hope from a big unit. He took grabs, yeah. he kicked goals, good on him. But, mate, I saw that bloke laying tackles. How many tackles did old mate have? Six, I think. Six tackles, right? Good, a couple of those. But one percenters, I saw him diving for stuff. I saw a very low kick come into a Collingwood bloke that was within his general vicinity. And the dirty great big mitt came out and just punched the ball away. He was throwing himself around the place. And then up the field, he was taking grabs. At the back of the field, he was taking grabs. He was in the forward 50 taking grabs. And, geez, he looks so much better when he's far more active. And maybe that's a role for him. Maybe if we're going to have Phillips in the the ruck and I've got no problems with that whatsoever, um, then maybe Pete gets to to wander out of the forward 50 and take a few grabs around the, the park as well. But, mm. mate, Pete, if you're listening, hell of a game, Tiger. Hell of a second half, put it that way. Yeah. 
No, no, it was it was brilliant. Uh, look, I have to get on to a guy that I thought was in our in our top five. If you want to talk about impactful players on a game, this guy always comes up. And Jay Stringer. Jay Stringer. And he is, he's an enigma when you see his stats after every game because you go, I swear he had such bigger impact. But it doesn't matter. His bully work in the middle it was yes. insane. Uh, Absolutely. It is, you know, when we talk about, you know, why we want Dunkley and, and obviously I think Parrish is actually now getting a little bit of that uh, towards us. But when we talk about Dunkley, about what we hope he int- introduces to the club, that's when Stringer, when Stringer's fit and running and he does that bully work out of the middle and just crashes packs. He's very strong, man. He's, he looks it because he, he doesn't get wrapped up very often. Like two dudes will jump at him and he gets that, the legs pump, the legs pump, the legs pump. And then he know when he knows he's gone, he'll get his hands free and he'll get that ball out somehow. Or he just keeps pumping, pumping, pumping the legs and look out, they've slid down his legs and he gets to walk away from the pack and he gets that bullocking run out of the midfield. Huge, huge effort from Jake. I mean, I, I can't remember a game where Jake Stringer's had eight tackles. And, you know, that's a really big effort from him. And and good old Jakey, who I tell you what, mate, he's never seen a free kick that he doesn't think that he should have got. Um, and for eight tackles, if, if Jakey's laying a mate, if Jakey's fired up uh, enough with his old bones um, to be laying eight tackles, that's a bloke that's bought into the message. Yeah. yeah big it, time. Yeah, exactly. That's he, he, Look, I just thought he was sensational yesterday. He set, set a tone. Um, uh, and shit, it's good to just—he's so important to this side. He is. You can't. You can't <laughs> underestimate it. You, you can't. Every yeah. time the ball's near him, you go, Jakey, <laughs> look out! Yeah. And that the opposition teams would just hate him because every time he wanders into the middle, you gotta have somebody on him, and it, yeah. it better be someone big. When he's in forward fifty. He could jump in the air. He just missed a few marks. Um, but on the ground, he's as dangerous as Waller, and he's just X factor. He goes left. He goes right. He goes over his head. That kid, I'll tell you what, the, the dogs made the biggest mistake of their lives. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess he chose to leave them in really in the end. But um, No, really, okay. But, Nick uh, Cox, mate. Coxie. Coxie. <laughs> well. Does he keep just ticking along, the boy? Oh, uh, I mean, I. It's funny. Uh, I can't remember a young kid coming in and me thinking that kid is really, really special. Like, uh, there's a Winderlich. Yeah, Winderlich. Yeah. <laughs> He's the best best rookie in the last ten years. Back in there. Um, <laughs> that's an inside joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's when when I saw Winderlich. There's inside joke is if when I saw Winderlich first year, I thought this guy's special. This guy, but and he probably would be if he didn't have every knee. Didn't have thumping, raping injuries. Yeah. But no, you're right. You like there was a there was a draft pick that went at number two. Um, in this draft over in Adelaide, who in his debut game just kicked a lazy five, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, in in Phil Thorpe, Phil 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 Thorpe Thorpe. And look, if we had the number two pick, or if Phil Thorpe was available, I reckon we might have picked the kid because he looks good, right? But I am not disappointed for one split second that we got Nick Cox because oh. I haven't seen man, I haven't seen a 200 centimetre kid who's rake thin, who can take grabs, who whenever the ball is on the ground, mate, I'm, I'm six foot three. And 
there's no way on this earth I could be as clean a lot across the ground as a bloke who's nearly six six. And yeah. he's smooth. It's you know what? It's bizarre to see a guy who you don't think is running fast, but his legs are so long and his strides are so long. No one can actually catch him. Like he's got the Pendlebury. There's like, and sometimes he got the ball on the wing and he would just mark the ball and just play on with a guy like only one and a half meters behind him. It didn't matter. The guy was always one and a half meters behind him. But he turns in really good positions. Like he's got an awareness when he touches the ball. If he's going to play on, he turns in good directions, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Like he turns away from the yeah, from the defender, which again, Grant, you sound like an idiot. Everybody does that. But that turn <laughs> and that initial first step is worth two, almost three steps from anybody else because he just takes this big, long loop. And then the, the next two or three steps, he's put a meter and a half to two meters on the bloke. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's it is insane to watch and and he's got good hands. I'm enjoying. Takes that yeah. big grab, man. Like he's he's, he's like wow. for me, he's by far the pick so far of the drafts. There's a lot to play yeah, out. If you were drafting him yeah. today, mate. Oh yeah. Yep. If it draft him today and pick three came up and we had pick three or two, okay, go Nick Cox. <laughs> easily, easily. No, no question. I, I Jamal Hagen, I think is going to be a really good player in yep. the future. But we still don't know. Thor thought we still don't know. I know everyone can you know can shine on a on a debut. But um, Logan but McDonald goes he just, okay. He just does things though. Like I, I I you know if I had Logan and Cox right now, I'm still going Cox because he's doing he's doing I, things I've never for. seen before. Like he's bending down on the ground to pick up with one hand or to, and in one stride, and you're going you're 200 centimeters. This is insane. There's no way you should be able to do that, man. Like that, he's as tall as Sam Draper. Like yeah. he's almost as tall. Like I'm talking like centimeters shorter than Sam Draper, and he's he's bending over and picking up balls and turning out of packs and turning left with a left boot, turning right with a right boot, like he's a like he's Jai Caldwell. Now for for a bloke that big, we, I think we've said this a million times, and so does <laughs> so everybody that's so does every Channel Seven commentator. I know. I'm sorry. He should not but be able to insane. do that. Yeah, it is insane. I can't think it. I would, I would much rather, to be brutally honest, that's why everybody, I saw an advert on Channel 7 on Facebook or something like that, that um, Hugh McCluggage uh, is now turning into a genuine superstar and Taranto's all good things and um, all of that, and they're probably better selections than Andy McGrath. I call Frog's Wallop on that because... Sure, Taranto will kick you a few goals. Hugh McCluggage will kick you a few goals. And everybody loves beach muscles, right? Everybody loves the goals being kicked. And that's a fabulous thing. But I will take Andy McGrath's leadership and 21 possessions around the ground rather than Hugh McCluggage's goals. So I will take Andy McGrath still. And he's 20 to 30 possessions. You're a very loyal man. Look, uh, Taranto, I got you. Cluggage is a fair, decent player, man. Like, <laughs> He's a fair, no, I don't care. Don't care. Um, I will take the man's leadership around the ground and the fact that he's going to be our next captain. And again, if, if Darcy doesn't go ballistic, um, go Super Saiyan on bloody um, Anzac Day, Andy probably gets more possessions, the whole nine yards. So uh, I'll still take Andy, mate. Thanks very much. So let's talk about Will Snelling, right? Another gun game. 
another two goals, another high pressure game. Uh, does his role? He's doing his role to perfection at the moment, and then that you know I won't say too much because I talk about him every week, but he does his role. He does what the coach says to do. Get you know he's fourth in our goal kicking, so he's doing. <laughs> Absolutely fine. You, you, you don't ask so much more than that, mate. Again, I know we say this every week, but I bet you during their review, they, at the start of the game, they said, um, Will, you're there to kick a few, mate. Put yourself in dangerous spots. Forward pressure. Be dangerous. And he does that exactly thing. He does that exact thing. Yeah. He pops up. He's dangerous. He knows where the goals are. He kicks a couple a game. And you don't ask for anything more. Thank you very much. Now, I want to do – can I just mention one player that I actually had close to my top 10, even though in our stats he's down the chain. But he is a defender. I thought Mason Redmond's game was really, really good. Uh, and he, we're getting, we're getting the old Mason Redmond back, and I could not be happier. He's, he's, the way he's moving, his body's moving so much better now. Uh, and you know, I mean, he's, he's actually done it again, kicked a goal on the run for <laughs> us. Um, but yeah, his passion in his play, his efforts, his defensive um, side is right on top of his game. And, you know, I just want to make Super sure I really wanted to give him a shout-out because it was there's a lot of noise about all these players, but his game was as solid as anyone's. And, and I was I like – And I thought he was fantastic. I mean, him and Guelphie down back, I just thought were really, really solid. Um, couldn't – you know, did their role, did what needed to be done. Perfect. Um, what did you think of Archie Perkins? Um, I think mean, – I mean, twelve possessions. It's Anzac Day. I mean, he didn't he didn't set the world on fire. I mean, what what did we get? Yeah, four tackles, twelve possessions total, fifty eight percent accuracy. I think. Look, I think his kicking he, does need. It does. You know, I think it'll come a lot better because he's actually a better kick than what he's showing. But I, I I felt when he had the ball, he was a touch nervous. That was what I mean, which is bloody understandable because I would be in my very first oh, man. Yeah. Anzac day. <laughs> Second Anzac day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's obviously that's big. You know, it, it would be huge for a kid that, that age. And um, the thing we've got to keep in mind too is that Nick Cox going bloody Jedi on everybody in game, what is that, <laughs> six or eight for him or something, and just being like he's been out there for 55 games. You kind of look at Nick Cox and go, he's gone ballistic. And then you look at Arch, and Arch is probably doing what rookies actually do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they, yeah. they have a bit of a good game, then they have about a 12-possession game, and they learn. And you, at the end of, like, halfway through a season, you could be looking at Archie going, look, man, he's only played half of one season. Get off his back. No. But unfortunately, because we've got Cox there playing like he's played 50 games, you look at Arch going, well, well, 13 possessions or 12 possessions. and uh, But that's okay, man. He's perfectly okay. And it's, I did notice, I must say, when he, he looked a smidge, um, he's got to get up to speed with the game. And that's, of course, that is literally the definition of that will come with games of, of footy. 
Um, but he did look a little like he got the ball and had to get rid of it real quick. Um, but And he did look a smidge slower than, than the other guys in the team. So that's perfectly okay. He looks, when he touches the ball, he knows what to do with yeah, it, though. He's, every he's time, got good yeah, awareness. Yeah, you, you see little moments in his body movement. You go, look, you know there's a big play there. Yeah. A- and, yeah. and, look, that's why, you know, uh, I know he's kind of towards the end, Jones, but I'll bring him up in now anyway because it's it kind of relates to him and Perkins. It was to me, it was so important that they played this game because I really wanted that finals kind of experience. Because I felt like you know, as you know, I've said it before, as Sheed says, uh, Anzac Day is worth about eight games experience to a young kid, um, and that's what you want. I really wanted them to play, whether win or loss. It was important for the development, and I think Archie. Uh, and Jones and Cox are going to be such better players for playing that game because that's they the, know where that's, the benchmark yeah, is. That's the height of pressure, loud noise, and panic fastball movement that they're going to get. So that's out of the way, and and now you know they go into the Carlton game a little bit more relaxed. It's a big game again, but they go into it with a bit of a different groove and go. Okay, now I feel like I, I feel like I you know that's out of the way. It was a huge game, huge sound. Uh, but I've got that experience under my belt now. I know what to expect, and that's why I was critical for those guys to play. And we're doing it, man. The club's doing it. They're not. They're not. Well, and we did sort of say that this game was was one less with our rookies, less with the the young kids, and more with the mid to older guys. The likes of Parish and Laverde have been around for ages, um, and Dyson Heppel, um, who's been around forever um we they kind of won the game for us so yep. um it, it was it was very interesting one guy just before we have a break one yep. guy um i want to shout out who had um who came back to the player that we know of old um was dev smith dev smith had um as my app won't work just well, he, had, he, had, he had a 10 tackles only i know he only had 11 disposals but he had 10 tackles and he kicked that goal from the boundary line uh, that's it man. <laughs> and that that kind of dev haven't seen in a while i haven't seen him chasing blokes it was the chasing i know he only had yeah. 11 disposals but it was the it was the intense high pressure and that's you know he's had to swallow his pride a bit and say okay i'm a small forward uh but what we needed was that Devin Smith manic pressure back um, because it... Because it works. Yeah. Because well, he's damn good at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, our, our, our forwards um, had twice as many tackles as Collingwood's forwards. And that's yeah. that's really... they. You know, some stages Collingwood just found it almost impossible to get it out of our... Out of the, you know, 70 metres out of our zone um, because we just high pressured. Everything was panicking. Sometimes they were kicking it on the full out of just panic... And that was just all, all done from pressure and, and from Waller as well. So, um, yep, absolutely. Look, um, uh, yeah, look, I think we've kind of covered everyone. I, I did hear, so just on tonight, just breaking news. So, Truck has said tonight that Francis is actually 50 50 now for the Carlton game. Okay, good. So, it wasn't bad. So, his ankle's not serious. Uh, that I don't believe, and he is actually a chance to play against Galton. So that's for us and the syndesmosis word. That's really good to have an ankle injury. Yeah, absolutely, that's, absolutely that's on, the, on the better side. So look, uh, we've got to get Caleb Logan uh, 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 on the line. So 
Uh, well, actually, it's pre-recorded, so he's already been online. But we, can but get we, him, we can get him we, on the show, we, put it that way. Yeah, uh, we're obviously gone past 50 minutes, so we'll, we'll get him on, on the show. Um, it's going to be a bit of a longer podcast this time. So, you know, obviously, we were, you could tell how excitement I was about talking about Anzac Day. It was just that, that's Absolutely, how it was. man. We could bang it again. We could bang on about this for about another 45 if you'd like. <laughs> I know. I could talk about half an hour about us beating Carlton, how excited I would be for that. But, yeah. but look... Uh, I really want to get Caleb on the show. So, look, we'll come after the break from Caleb. We'll, we'll come on and, um, and just wrap up the show. So uh, we'll talk soon. And we're excited to have on the line uh, Caleb Logan, who uh, has played four years for the Essendon uh, Victorian Wheelchair Football uh, League side. Uh, we thought it'd be a great idea to to learn about uh, the side because, uh, uh, you know, I must admit myself, uh, if I'm being very transparent, Norris, I don't know too much and, and it's something I feel like I need to be better educated on. So welcome, Caleb. How are you going? Good, mate. How are you? Very, very good. Now, uh, I guess initially, can you just, um, just for a couple of minutes, just talk about the league, um, uh, your experiences with it, how long the league's been going for and, and how long Essendon's been, if, if you do know, how long Essendon's been going for and how you got involved with it? Yeah, so 2016, I reckon I got an um, email from Disability Sport and Rec. Yep. Saying that they were starting a nationals wheelchair comp. Yep. So yeah, I got onto it straight away. So I've my footy since I was like ten years old. Um, it actually started as a sport for wounded soldiers serving. Yep. And in 2015, Prince Harry actually had a go when he was stationed in Darwin. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, just been going from there. Um, the league started. In 2018. Yep. So, yeah, it's been four years. There's five clubs involved. There's obviously the National Footy Club. There's Collingwood, Hawthorne, Richmond, and St Kilda. Yep. Um, yeah. So, um, can you tell yep. us, can, can I actually just, just stripping it back, can you tell us about your journey, um, even from, from a young age? Have you been in a wheelchair most of your life? Like, can you tell us a little about your history? Yeah, so I was born with spinal bifida, so it was genetic. Yep. So, um, the bottom part of my spine didn't develop, didn't develop, so it came out. So, yeah. And it's just something. Is that, have you found yourself? You always been kind of a sporting kind of guy. Yeah, I um started my first sport when I was pretty young. I was on the track chair. If anyone's seen that, the sport where got the chair with the two wheels and the one at the front. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Kept the only sport. Yep. Um, yeah, and then I got into basketball. I'm still playing that. And, um, yeah, found footy. And, yeah, that's always been the passion. Loved Hurdy. Got oh, 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 who, did, who didn't? Yep. That was going to be my question. Are you, no. are you a Don's fan? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. We're number five as well. 
Oh, do you? Oh, that would have been. Yep. How'd you get that? You know, that would have been a coveted number. I would have thought. Sorry. How did you get that? Like that would have been a coveted number. Um. Well, yeah, we just um. Dibs, yeah, dibs, basically. <laughs> Sorry. Was it? Was it dibs? Did you just put your hand up and say that's it? Oh, I've yeah. got. I've got her. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Had um. How does it work? I mean, is the, the positions um, on the on the ground? Or, yep. Is it a basketball court or a basketball court? Yeah, so it is played on a basketball court. Um, so we play with the netball lines that are on the court that separate the court into three sections. Yep. So we've got two backs, one centre, and two forwards. Yep. The centre can go anywhere on the court. The two forwards and the two backs go in there to to the court. Um, each player will put on a certain colour sweatband to determine their position. So forwards wear a yellow sweatband. Yep. Centres will wear a pink and backs will wear red. Uh, also, we have a classification rule where um, you get points given to you um, determined by your trunk mobility. Okay. So one to five, one being the worst and five being able-bodied. And each side can't exceed 16 points on the court. We can't kick, so the way we do it is we, we handball as a kick and we underarm as a handball. Oh, wow. Makes sense. You've said you've been playing for Essendon for four years. Now, yeah. excuse my ignorance, but has I'd, I'd be horrified if you if, if you've had major success. But has has it been successful? Like uh, where where has Essendon been placing? Because I, I feel like I should know, but I don't. Sorry. Um. So we had a little lightning comp in the place of the regular season because of COVID. Yep. Um. I got us into the grand final after the siren. Oh, you oh. did it, did you? The club actually posted that on um, on Twitter. That's so cool. If anyone wants to backtrack and find that. Oh, um, we will be now. The year before that, we made prelim against Collingwood and got smashed. Um, yeah, the years before that, we were pretty bad. Yeah, we've improved a lot. We've got a great list. Nice. Do, I mean, do they do they draft? Can you can you draft it in um, in players to, to come and play for you, or is, does it work some uh, something different? No, we've got a, a draft. We had a draft probably two or three weeks ago. We picked up Peter Oginyemi and Jacob Jinks from Hawthorne. Yep. 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 So you're allowed. Actually, you're allowed then. Sorry. Uh, sorry, at the Hangar Paralympic, uh, with all the Paralympic kind of. Uh, facilities there is that is that pretty much your home base where you're allowed to train? Yeah, yeah we train there. Is, yep. is it as good as sort of people sort of sort of say it is as far as Paralympic kind of facilities? Um, yeah, it is. It's really good. Um, we've got accessible toilets as well. Yeah, obviously extended with the new extension of the facility. Nice. Um, yeah. So, so when you're playing, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in you as a forward. Um, I, I do like the forwards. I like the backs, but I do like the boys that they kick the goals. Um, what's what's a bag in the uh, in the wheelchair association? What's a bag, a bag of goals? Yeah, like you, you, you kick five generally. Um, 
and you that call that a bag. What's a what's a real good game for a forward? Oh, well, you could say the same thing is in the AFL, wouldn't you? Oh, mate, if, uh, absolutely. Well, what's that? What's the what's the score? I guess what's a, uh, it's like a typical score line. I guess we're trying to kind of get our heads around. Uh, is it is it fifteen twenty minute quarters? Is it similar? How how does it how does it work? Oh, four ten minute quarters. Four ten minute. Quarters. Okay, cool. So um, probably say average seventy eighty. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. And I guess how physical yeah. is it? Is it? I'm I'm imagining there's going to be there's going to be some guys throwing at each other. Is it pretty physical? Um, yeah, it can be. Yeah, uh, there's obviously rules around contact. But um, yeah. If you see videos of me, I'm bowling out twenty four seven. Who who's who's noted as far as Essendon is? Is there someone that's noted? Well, he's our best player or, or captain. Or could be talking to it, him. Yeah. Is it is there someone that you know that is like a name that you guys know? Go. Oh, he's he's. It could be yourself, mate. But uh, who is sort of the the I guess the the James Hurd of the side at the moment? Uh. Well, I. I don't want to really pump myself up. We have a great list. But um, I've won. Do it. Do pump it. yourself up, son. <laughs> if it's you, say it. If it's you, we love it here. You did if get us into a grand final. It. Yeah, come yep. on. No, we get, got a great list. But um, I've won two best in Oh, yeah, okay. So you, well, we're talking about. That don't give number five if you, to, to just anybody. So <laughs> well done, mate. couple of BNFs. That's what you want to hear. I've uh, represented Victoria four times. Um, Leading club goal scorer in the BNF years. Man, if you don't um, mind, so two, we, are, we are talking to the BNF. Uh, two team of the year awards. Well, there you go. You're all Australian. You're BNFs. You're a leading goal kicker. So that that question of who's the who's the <laughs> the hurdy at the club? We're uh, talking. We're talking to him. I reckon he's number five. Yeah, at the club, officially, yes. we're talking to him. Um, wow. So I guess. What? I, I, sorry if you answered this. I'm just trying to remember if you answered this. It's, what what months does the season start and finish? Oh, so the season starts on the second of May, the week after is that day. Yep. Yep. Oh, so it's coming up. Through, yeah. Our first game is actually our Anzac game against Collingwood. Oh, okay, cool. that's cool. And um, it finishes. So our grand final is. I reckon it falls on. Father's Day on Mother's Day. Which one's? Okay. Okay. September. Who's that? Father's Day? Yeah, that's what I was saying. And how much much access do you get to train beforehand? What's the the pre-season look like? Uh, Pre-season, we actually finished our pre-season comp yesterday. Yeah. Um, That was for two weeks. We had, yeah, pretty good front. I think one... Five, lost one. That's what you want to hear, yeah. Now, if I wanted to come down and watch, which I feel like I really want to. Well, um, I want to see. I want to see Caleb. <laughs> if, kicking, we, if we could come bags. down and watch, what what do we need to do? Like, is there a way of getting a schedule or, or knowing where the public can be? Um, how can we access that? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure the club posted. An article on their website with a fixture. Okay. Okay. Great. And the league also has their um, Facebook page as well. Oh, we'll try and the Victorian Football League. We'll try and um, find that ourselves and post it on our Facebook page as well. 
Absolutely. So is there, for you guys, is there a historical rival that you have that, you know, when you're playing one team, you go, oh, these guys, we just got to beat them. Is it as simple as Collingwood? <laughs> um, well, I would say Collingwood, but, um, but Hawthorne are really bad. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I like you already. So, Scotty, my my <laughs> most hated side is Collingwood, and Scotty's most hated side is Hawthorne. So, yeah, their their first ever win was against us, and that really ticked me off. So, oh, yeah, and so up. it should. Eh. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, love, love beating the Hawks. Uh, you know, I was you know watching the the VFLW girls beat Hawthorne, and it was like a sh- like a tear coming down my face. Just I thought, this is how much I hate these guys and girls. I was and just, just say, it's the whole club. I don't know. We've got to beat them. So we don't discriminate in our hate. It's the hate the guys, hate the girls. <laughs> hate anyway, the wheel- they're very rough. Hate the wheelchair they're guys. Very rough as well. Oh, they're Are rough they? Rough. Oh, they'd say yeah. they they're traditionally dirty Hawthorne. Yeah, they're, they're the yep. Vandenbergs of the. Uh, Vandenbergs, Brereton's and stuff. Yeah, in the wheelchair. Yeah. Great, well. So living up to the thing, so. Mate, when, when, uh, when are you playing them? Do we know? Is the, do you know on the fixture? Um, give me one second and I'll have a quick look for it. Beauty, because I reckon that's the game we go and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we, we'll, we'll get down and see the Hawks get absolutely smashed by our wheelchair boys. Um. Sunday, 20th of June, at 12 o'clock. Righto, beautiful. Um, where, whereabouts? Where, where are we playing these games? Uh, that game will be at Oakley. Okay. Cool. Okay. okay. But like you said, there's a uh, there's a, um, a fixture on the club's website. Yep. Beautiful. All right, well, we might need to come down there, I reckon, for the Hawthorne game, um, mostly just so that we can watch Hawthorne get beat. Um, we'll, we'll come down and watch you um, kick a huge, huge bag um, down we'll, against we'll the Hawks. I'll try my best. Sorry? I'll try my best. Oh, mate, there's no, 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 sorry. You've got to kick bags against Hawthorne. It's that simple. <laughs> no, I always do. Okay. Good boy. <laughs> Good boy. I, I kicked eight against them one time. So you kicked we'll eight, if you don't mind. So they're having nightmares about you, basically. Yeah. So they're like, they got the uh, the Caleb Rules book. Yeah, yeah. How do we yeah. stop Caleb? How do we tear? Like the Jordan rules book. It's got the Caleb it's just rules. just the Caleb rules book. Nice. I like it. Scotty and I never had rules. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. We played. There were, no one ever created rules for no. us, I don't think. We just had menus and just ate. Yeah, um, that was pretty much it. Uh, so, look, uh, I guess I, I guess you're obviously a Mad Essendon fan, right? So, uh, we're and just so everyone knows, we're recording this prior to Anzac Day. So, yep. the show is actually going to come out just post Anzac Day, so we're currently Form 1. How, how are you seeing the, the boys travel, Caleb, just uh, I guess with the senior side? What are your thoughts so far on the year? Um, yeah, honestly not. The best, we're, what are, what are we, 4 and 1, 1 and 4, whatever way. Yeah, 1 and 4, four, yeah. Four, yeah. But, um, yeah, but if you look at it, we lost two games but under the goal. Yeah, yeah. So. Could be 3 and 2. Yeah, look at it. We are playing good footy. So, um, yeah, Truck's got a great game plan. The kids are playing well. Perko's playing well. Cocky's playing well. Yep. He's um, an obviously, he's... Got our, obviously got our injuries with Coldwell and Sheila and all that, which doesn't help. Draper. Yeah, that hurts. The, yeah, dra- Draper, the Draper yeah. one really hurts. Yep. So, no, we get them back, and we are playing good footy. But, you know, track record doesn't say that at the moment. 
Absolutely. It's it's interesting you say that. We were we were um Scott and I were talking as we do sort of during the day. It's it's that kind of feeling when we'd we're one and four. It's not where you want to be, really. It's not, but it's still, got a different feel still this feel, year. I, it still feels oddly hopeful in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, it's because the, the thing that I really missed last year that we did, we just didn't display, in my opinion, um, was consistency. And yeah. like we didn't, we we really didn't play well against the Hawks um, in the second half. Um, but apart from that, you can see a consistent level of what they're trying to do. They're trying to run with the ball. They're trying to get good runoff halfback. Um, we need some sort of and improvement yeah, into the forward line. They're leading the AFL actually in tackles out of any club. So they're, yeah. They're tr- yeah. yeah. So the effort is there most weeks. Uh, I say that hesitantly uh, prior to Anzac Day in the show coming out. After. Please don't lose yeah. by 100 points. <laughs> Essendon, but, Come uh, on now. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So look, uh, Caleb, I just want to do um, – Really, thank you for coming on the the show. It was this has been awesome. So it's something that you know. I know you've reached out to me personally, um, and I, and I really felt like I wanted to get to know you and, and get to know the competition. And, and I'm pretty excited actually to come down and, and watch yeah. watch you watch you play. Um, uh, so look, what's the I guess what's the relationship with the club um, so far with um, because even with COVID and there's, you know, obviously the budget's gone a little bit out of the window at the club. Uh, ha, yeah. ha, has that had any major effect with how your preparation's gone? Um, no, not really. We're actually been pretty good with, well, when you look at other clubs, they can't train at their facilities because they're, they're paranoid about all this COVID stuff. So we're pretty lucky to be training at the hangar at the moment. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, uh, thank you again for joining us, Caleb. Uh, really, really appreciate it, mate. Um, yeah, thank you very much, mate. Don't be a stranger. I look, obviously, we, we'll probably chat a few times on Twitter anyway, DM each other. Um, but, look, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, good luck to for not this week but the next week with the opening round of uh, the Anzac Day Clash with Essendon Collingwood. Good luck. I uh, hope you get your first win. Uh, thank you. And, you know, good luck for the whole team for a, a, a – Hopefully a successful season uh, moving forward. Absolutely. We'll come down and we'll see you for a few games this year, mate. Uh, thanks, Luke. Hopefully everyone watching can give us the – oh, sorry, listening can give us the following and get us some games as well. Yeah, absolutely. We, we absolutely will be encouraging that. I mean, uh, don't be a stranger too. We'll get you on again um, during the year, maybe after the Hawks game, after you've kicked your, <laughs> um, your lazy eight again. Um, give the Hawks the spanking they deserve. <laughs> we'll get you back on if you don't mind. No, sounds good, boys. Thank you. All right, mate. Talk Thanks, to you again Caleb. very soon. All the best, mate. Yeah. Thank Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now, that was a great interview with Caleb, wasn't it, Scotty? Uh, Brent, look, it was so good to have him on the line. Uh, so interesting to hear all the aspects. Uh, I mean, it, you know, I had to be honest with him and say, look, I didn't know too much about, you know, what what the league was about and, you know, uh, how goals were scored and everything like yep. that. So it was just it was just really interesting and obviously 
we, you know, we didn't know it at the start. We didn't know we were talking like the star of the team as well. So uh, I, I was just about to say, I, we didn't know that we were talking to the gun in the side. <laughs> and I tell you what, a very healthy ability to let you know about that fact, <laughs> which we love at the podcast. You go, Caleb. Yeah, Caleb, even um, you smash those those oppositions, mate, and tell them all about it. So, great interview, really, really cool to talk to. Yeah. So, look, um, that's kind of it for the show. Uh, obviously, we've got the Carlton game this week. Uh, look, healthy reminder. Obviously, the game after Carlton is we go interstate to GWS. Don't need to travel there. You just can watch it on a, a huge cinema screen at. Welcome to Thornbury Hotel. Uh, that's our live event. It's going to start at 12 noon. Dustin Fletcher, live podcast. Entry gets you a burger, a glass, house, uh, a wine, soft drink, the, beer. The date, Scotty. What's the date? On Saturday, May the 8th. Uh, so, yeah, not this game, but the next. Um, so, yep. Saturday, May Come the 8th. Come on down. So, um, yeah, so... Tickets you can get if you go to Eventbrite, E V E N T B R I T E. Uh, just go to Eventbrite and just type in lunchtime catch up and you'll see our event. And uh, they are $30, and that gets you obviously the burger, a drink, uh, Fletcher live podcast, uh, cinema screen of the game. So it gets you a whole lot of stuff. So look, we, we're hyped about it. So we'd love to see you down there. Um, so get your tickets in early. If you can, and and we'll we'll see you at the at the pub. Cool. So that's it from us. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been supporting the show. Thank Absolutely. You, uh, just to shout out quickly to our patreons, we've had a, a great amount of uh, patreons join up this week. So I just want to send out a, a big thanks to all those. Um, we do a, a show or an aftermatch show. We do a team announcement show during the week. If you're ever interested in joining the Patreon account, you can just go Patreon Lunchtime Catch Up on Google. It should it will direct you to the site, uh, and it's just uh, two dollars US or three dollars Australian. Basically, you have the option. Yep. So when you go to the site, and you can listen to every show, and there's a whole heap of extra content. So welcome to join up. So beautiful. You can catch us on Facebook, our Lunchtime Catch-Up Facebook site, on Instagram. Yep. Um, on Twitter, we are Lunch Catch-Up on Twitter. Uh, you can see me at Scooter McNeese on um, Twitter as well. So we're everywhere. We're on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name Spotify. Our show is, is, is brought on. You'll hear this show through those, those channels. So that's it from us. Uh, Grantus, uh, we'll be there Sunday, will we, before Carlton game? Mate, yes, the, the the call has been made. I shall be there. Um, we will be there to just hopefully, like we did with Collingwood this year, end the Dirty Blues season, which will be awesome. Um, but, mate, how good, just to, just to wrap it up, how good was it to have a win on Anzac Day after so many bloody years where we haven't, to have all of the hype, all of the setup, and then to get the boiled confections at the end, <laughs> yes. a great day, great for the for the main reason why we're all there for um, the Australian return and, and New Zealand for that matter, return servicemen and women, um, an incredible day uh, for that, but also just for an incredible game of footy where the Dons finally got up, baby. I know. So it, that's why I think this podcast is so long because we just, we could talk about a win like that forever. And yeah, so we we face a side this week who are bringing in John Worsfold to uh, to try and help them out. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, you can well, probably uh, hear it in my voice. Yeah, good, my good, good luck to them. Good luck to that. Um, good luck. So uh, I look forward to um, oh, Walsh playing on the half forward line. Uh, so uh, 
So uh, thank you, everyone. This is the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. All the best. Have a great week. See ya. Hey, guys.